Monday. It's the Fan Morning Show. Sports at 590 Fan, Justin and Ailish. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin tonight. We made it meaningful. Hockey starts. Puck drops 7 p.m. Not the Leafs, though. Everybody else. We still got another day. How do you feel about that? Would you are you, Do you want I'm the good. Leafs? I, oh. I'm, I'm okay with the ramp right. up process. I want to watch a little bit tonight. And We've just been waiting through think. 82 games and all these meaningless. What's another day? What's another day, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, we got lots of time over the next two days to tee up the start of the Toronto Maple Leafs playoff. That's Ventures. another thing. It's a content day for us. We got lots going on. When I saw the Monday start, I was like, what? We, we don't even get to talk about it two days before? At least we got one day. We have Frank Saravelli at 7 and Dave Andrichuk joining us at 8. Of course, he is a current Lightning TV analyst along with being a Hockey Hall of Famer, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll talk about how the Lightning are feeling coming into tomorrow's start. Game 1 of the Toronto Maple Leafs Lightning playoff march. Frank will give us a little bit of a rundown on a couple of things that happened in terms of coaches on their way out. Big shakeups happening, especially with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You might have a little tidbit on the relationship between Dubis and Shanahan. Yeah, we buried the lead a little bit there. I think that's an interesting point. We'll that's get into it with one. Frank at 7 a.m. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty exciting stuff. Good timing there from Frank. And then we are returning our Maple Leafs tarot reading. So, if you missed that previously. <laughs> back by popular demand or just... Just you know, back. Just back. <laughs> yeah, we will uh, see what the clairvoyants have to say about the Maple Leafs and whether or not this will be different this time around. We'll do that in the A-list, maybe an extended A-list mm-hmm. slightly because we have to have time to, you know, properly connect with the uh, spirits that be. We are calling them now. Please be available for 640 Spirit Land. Yeah, wake up. Wakey, wakey, spirits. <laughs> We're waiting. All right. Um, and then at 730, we usually do our winners and losers. We're going to... Do a little playoff simulation. We're going to fill out our brackets. We're going to take a look around the league. Make some predictions later in the day, today, in real life day. I am going to allow for Bunker to choose his own bracket. The Bunker mm, bracket will be That posted. didn't happen over the weekend, eh? No, it was a little busy. We had a little... Bit of a chaotic weekend for you? I had a little chaotic moment. Bunker ate <laughs> some of the bath mat. <laughs> tasty bath mat. And I was a little worried... About his little tummy, but mm. we're all good. He just—he's a puppy. He's got those teeth that could rip through whatever he wants. He's, he's a puppy doing puppy things. You want to eat the couch? Go for it. You want to eat the the? I mean, bath the couches. The bath mat and the couch are two different things for sure. <laughs> you can't. Has you he can't been gnawing look on the elsewhere. Couch? The dog has gone on the couch. Yeah, he's. Is he gnawing on the couch? No, no, no. He isn't gnawing on anything except the bath mat last night or yesterday afternoon with no like. He had never gone over there to sniff it out. All of a sudden, I went in there, and he had the bath mat upside down. He was eating the foam and the plastic, and I freaked out because it's the first time it's happened as a dog mom, but we're mm. all good. It'll be all right. It found its way out of the body. They are a Brazilian bunch. It's amazing how, <laughs> how what they'll get into and how little it seems to affect them in the end. I know there's obviously cause for concern when it happens, yes, but... It was- like a mouthful. It wasn't like he ate the whole bath mat because there's you can see those pretty serious. Like, the whole bath mat could be problematic. Emergency vet visits. I did call mm-hmm. the emergency vet and I explained it to them. Like I was like, it's my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Like should I bring him in? And then she's like, okay, like how much did he eat? I'm like maybe a mouthful. She's like, you should be fine. But monitor. So monitored. Little bunker's good. He's ready to make his bracket today. Okay, perfect. He'll be a hungry boy for some treats. I'm not going to put the bath mat there as a <laughs> deciding factor, <laughs> but he'll run to. I'll have both of the teams laid out on the ground. Leafs, lightning, or bath mat? 
<laughs> Who's the winner? And he'll run to whichever team first in his gut. So it's a day of uh, intuition and feeling between the tarot readings and bunkers brackets. So stay tuned. And then we'll be like slightly, slightly more serious tomorrow when we figure out exactly what needs to happen for the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. to finally get over the hump. And if the Lightning truly are, dare I say, washed? Oh my God, Justin. You're really messing with the spirits now. No, no, no. I mean, we're not going to ask them that outright because that seems a little blunt for the spirits. But we'll see. We'll see where where they're at. I don't know if it's they or a one person. I don't know exactly who we'll be connecting with. But we'll be connecting with Mm -hmm. the higher powers, and they'll let us know exactly what's going to happen with the Leafs and the Lightning. And then tomorrow we will also take your calls. We did this last week. Um, We're going to continue it. Maple Leafs version. The playoffs are starting. You'll get to call in. Let us know your thoughts and feelings, your vibes, your vibe check, the energy, the confidence rankings. We'll chat tomorrow, so just keep that in mind. Probably be around the 7.30 time as well. So mm-hmm. if you're driving in, you're listening on the pod now, tomorrow, if you want to have your voice heard, you want to chat with us about the Maple Leafs, you get that opportunity. So we'll tee that up tomorrow, but just a early reminder to get that locked in your calendars and your alarm clock set to call in tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Opening the phone line is always fun. No better occasion to do it than the morning of game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And hopefully, hopefully we can do it, I don't know, maybe teeing up around two, but mm-hmm. we'll, I was we'll, thinking, we'll see how far we get. We will have another phone call opportunity. There will be at least one more. But we're hoping that that's not for a long time. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Or at least the negative one. Not for a long time. Yes. Okay, so with all that, this weekend I got to go to sad one last night. Canada-USA Women's World's Final. Um, after seeing Canada win in a shootout last week in the round robin against the United States, this atmosphere got even better. It was absolutely... I said this last night, one of the best experiences, like momentum going into the arena, the vibe, the fans, the energy. This was even better, of course, gold medal game. They had like 15 extra parking lots made out in the grass because I told you about how bad it was last time. Maybe they're listening, but they did they did work on the grass parking lot areas, but still, nonetheless, parking. It's One kind of, of the low points. Uh, yeah, but like it doesn't make any sense to me unless there was like other tournaments because there's four rinks in that rink, four mm-hmm. pads in that rink. Uh, maybe there were other things going on, but it seems like, I don't know, it's not the biggest arena for capacity. Oh, it was jam-packed. There must have been other things going on there, which is a nightmare. Imagine that you're just trying to go to practice or trying to like play a beer league game, and there's just, you know, there's a women's world just championship like happening in the 6, same parking lot, and children. it's impossible to leave. Yeah, 6,000 children just buzzing around. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, kind of tough one. Canada loses. Uh, they not blow, but they kind of blew a 3-2 lead in the third period. Um, circumstances including lots of power plays for the United States. And a, uh, a heartbreaker. Tough to be there. I was really excited to be able to celebrate with the girls, but nonetheless, a hard-fought victory. The United States were the better team this tournament. I felt a little bit worried going into yesterday's game. I was talking to Haley Salvian friend of the show about it and um just watching the way canada the canada had a really really great round robin game against the united states but then their quarters and their semis they did not look as dominant as i had hoped americans looked like they were building off maybe that loss and they came in with a little bit of extra juice at the end of the game but it was a similar back and forth game canada had the ice tilted for a lot of it when they got on the board first it was obviously poulin opens up the scoring like she does, um, but but the United States found a way to rally back, and 
but not a lot of time left in the third period. It started slipping away, and it was it was hard to watch. So it's kind of uncharacteristic, right, of Team Canada. Like, it's always crazy, right? We're always going to get dramatics. We might go to extra time. We might go to shootouts, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's usually pretty, I wouldn't say unpredictable, but the storylines are never... They're never, we're never short on storylines. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Canada kept going ahead, it was just like, oh, okay. Like eventually they're going to salt this away. Like you, you, you kind of think, okay, you're going to, we're going to get one of those crazy finishes. No, I, Maybe I this goes thought, to overtime. Oh, there's no way this is over. But Canada continuing mm-hmm. to take the lead, it was just like they had the answer every time the United States had the answer. A little uncharacteristic for Canada to keep coughing up those leads. Yeah. And I wonder, at least big picture, and I want to get your take on this, is like, okay, the United States, they kind of, Rebuilt a little bit, kind of brought in some new talent. They let go of an old guard, to a, for lack of a better statement or lack of a better term. Is it time for Canada to kind of refresh this roster no, a little bit? No, it's not. I think that yesterday, so the pre-tournament storylines that I brought up with you was that United States went young. They, they swept out and they got a lot of new faces, a lot of first time. And you don't think that could benefit Canada at all? Well, the storyline yesterday was veteran Hillary Knight with a hat trick. And so that storyline that well, I I'm not talked, saying cut Marie Philly no, 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 no. I'm saying that I thought that was going to be more of a significant reasoning behind why USA would be victorious. And it really it really came down to the pros being pros. Poulin scoring, Brienne Jenner scoring, mm-hmm. Hillary Knight getting a hat trick. It's the vets that really led this team once again. Um, I don't think Canada is there yet um, of needing to rebuild. They just, they were going for back to back to back. World Championship gold medals. I'm not, I'm not saying rebuild, but this team has been together for a long time, and it was, and it's been working. They just won and, and it has two golds working. and an Olympic gold, all it, within like one and a half calendar years. It has been working, but like once it stops working, which it has, like this was not a great tournament for Canada, mm. right? Like it wasn't. They had difficulty separating themselves, as you mentioned, in quarterfinal and semifinal action. Yeah. They lost to the United States in the gold medal game, they needed a shootout to get past the United States the first time. Like, it wasn't clean as it has been before. And I wonder, like, is there a next wave? Is there going to be change by the time they play in the Olympics next? Oh, just definitely. Like the, just like the, the status, Olympics are still pretty the far away. of this team. And exactly, is it another two-year cycle? Where is this team going to be? Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly things will change in two years. There are a lot of young kids coming out of college. There's a lot of kids that will be peaking at this time. It's all about that, right? And I think a lot of the girls on both sides and in tournament wide have been holding on waiting for this league that they want to play in. Think about it. All the players that we just saw on the ice yesterday have been playing one tournament weekend secret dream gap for the PWHPA a month. Maybe what is the, for those who don't know, and I don't, so you can enlighten me. Like how do they stay sharp? Exactly. Are, are they practicing <laughs> weekly? Are they so, all in Calgary all the time? Like I, there I, are it's... training hubs, um, there's Toronto, there's Montreal, there's there's multiple. I think there's like six across Canada and in, in some in the United States. So they're practicing all the time against each other. And then they play in these once a month showcase tournaments mm-hmm. somewhere, which is usually two games, a Friday game and a Saturday game or a Saturday game and a Sunday game, two games. So you're hoping that the best players in the world can stay at world championship level where you're going to play six games or five games over a week and a half span at the highest level. It's really tough to hold that level of college play, that level of playing in a professional league anywhere when you're playing one or two games a month. So I think, and you know, there's the rumblings that there's going to be a league announced shortly. If that's the case, just think about how much better these players can be with 
regular play. Like when I played in the CWHL, we played hockey games every weekend. Yes. Every single weekend we played in the highest level of competitive games that you could play in. We practiced three times a week. You were fully a hockey player first, it felt like, even though you had You're to You're on have, a hockey team you that's had, doing yeah. hockey team things constantly. Even which though you is, had to have like two other important. jobs to sustain yourself, yeah. you were still playing hockey all the time. So I do think that if you look at Canada, United States... I think it can look completely different next year because if there's a league and there's people playing, think about the kids coming out of university. They can sustain that level that they're playing every single day. Like okay. you're on the ice every day in college, right? How does what the Canada and the United States, like how do you separate their preparation? Like the United States in the exact same boat yeah, where they the have same. hubs and they have those weekend games. Yeah, they're all every a part month. of the PWC. Everyone's a part of the exact same thing. Yeah, so now, both we, sides of the ice are dealing with the same thing. We expected some, not that we expected an announcement yesterday, but everyone's been talking about this new league and whether it's connected to the World Championship, whether it's before, after, during. Are you, is there any surprise that we didn't heard anything yet? No. I think that's probably right to wait till the tournament had wrapped up and to continue the momentum. If you but like drop they that, they had the moment. They yeah, had the spotlight. Well, they I'm don't surprised. need to to share the spotlight with a new league. If like if they announce the league this week, that continues the momentum in the conversation another week long. I think. But eyeballs are eyeballs. That's why I was surprised. No, I, I thought we were going to see something. No, I, I'm really glad they didn't because this is about the world championship. It's not about it's, you. No, about women's hockey. But they're not tied together. This isn't a double IHF league. This is a league that I mean, has nothing to do with fair, Team Canada like, and Team USA. This is a professional women's hockey league. I, I, under, I understand mm-hmm. that, but like it, it would have been if they could have done that. I mean, a lot of people watching, not much on yesterday. The NBA playoffs obviously got underway, yeah. and, and that's something that could get your eyeballs. But a lot of people were tuned into that game yesterday, and a lot of people would have been there to see said announcement. Mm-hmm. But again, if it's not tied, if there's you know, there's conflict of interest, whatever. Like, I understand all that. But I, I did expect something over the course of the last two weeks. And, and you know, we're still waiting on that announcement. I think it makes sense to wait to this upcoming week where you could have the announcement standalone. Okay. Because they aren't tied together. And what last thing you want is Knight and Poulin, you know, doing the pregame scrums. Hey, how's what are you guys hearing about the league? Excited? Where are you going to play? Are you going to move? How does the draft work? Uh, how much money are you guys making? How do, how do you know? Like, did you is know she about doing this pregame scrums though? Yep. Did you know about this beforehand? Are you excited about the league? It's like I got to go play for a silver, a gold, a bronze. Like I'm still continuing my tournament. This isn't about this league. And all of the players that are part of this are a part of building the league, so they know like they're going to be fine. Whatever it's next week or whenever they do announce it, I think it should stand alone. It deserves to stand alone. This is something they've been working on for three or four years, right? And before that, 10 or 15 years, right? So if they want to share the spotlight with the Women's World Championship, I think it kind of devalues all the hard work that the girls have been putting in behind the scenes and they deserve their own opportunity to announce that hopefully within the next week or two and then we can continue the conversation. We can like, you know, have it stretch out for more than just the two weeks that we talk about it. So yeah, Canada, it's a tough one, but you know what I will say, and maybe this is my Homer spin, the Americans needed a win, right? They had just gone a silver in the Olympics and silver and silver in the last world championships. They got embarrassed in the rivalry series where they're up three, nothing and Canada came back and won four straight to win the rivalry series. That's a pretty long reign for Canada at the top. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, yes, I'm happy the United States won, but you know what? The next world championship. That, uh, that's the ultimate Alish positive spin. But it's true, Justin. It's good that the United States I won. I just said, I'm not saying that it's good the United States. I literally just said that sentence. I'm just saying that if <laughs> yes. we're moving forward, a little bit of fire under Canada's butt mm-hmm. that you don't just get to roll through five championships in a row, 
maybe that brings the conversation of how do we re- rejig this team a bit? Are we looking for younger talent, et cetera? But, I think it's that. It's like, okay, it didn't work. Yeah. I'd rather, personally, I'd rather that it didn't work at a Women's World Championship than, than Olympics, Olympic yeah. Games. Uh, I think if you're like, you know, there's four of four World Champions for every Olympics. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a little bit more important. I think you agree. Uh, and, yeah, I said two years. It's actually three years. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if that team can last another three-year cycle, right? Like, there's got to be another influx of talent, and hopefully this is a little push in that direction. Like, yeah. okay, we got to get going a little bit. They made some changes that worked for them. Definitely. What changes can we make as a counterpunch? And Canada did that after they had been in the slump of United States winning, 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 won at the Pyeongchang Olympics, had won the previous world championships. Canada did that same thing and re- rejig. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a chess game between these these two teams. And the next world championship announced to be in Utica, New York, just a pristine area in the New York state. A little bit longer of a drive for you, but you could get there. Oh, you could right definitely there. get to Utica. I said the Brampton of New York, but not quite. I think that'd probably be like Albany. Well, not that the only reason I know area. about Utica, not well, obviously from playing hockey in up there, but uh, Dunder Mifflin Utica, probably the main sponsors of the tournament. Dunder Mifflin Utica. See, you just I need mean, to watch it's the lost office. on me, but I know it was in Pennsylvania. They have a branch. Oh, they have a branch in Utica. It's not just a a solo shop. It's a, no. It's a franchise. Not those that, that those that watch will understand. Okay. One of the lower branches in the show. Oh, Utica. Four branches, Utica. So maybe they'll be there. Maybe they'll be sponsoring. But awesome, awesome um, environment. Congrats to Brampton for really showing up all tournament long, and I hope that. We can get down to Utica, New York, and bring a rowdy crowd because that was the best part of it as well was like the crowds going back and forth. There's a tiny segment of USA fans, probably friends and family, mm-hmm. who would start USA and they would get just that in. USA and the entire crowd would then go Canada and drown them out. It was hilarious. They're just playing cheering games all night long. So... Vibes are great. Congrats to US, USA. And uh, the bronze medalist, Tetsuya. See you at the next tournament. There you go. All right. Um, okay, so Women's World wraps up. Blue Jays weekend. So this was a big one coming into, oof, watching the Tampa Bay Rays roll into town undefeated with the opportunity to claim an MLB record for consecutive wins to start a season. Jose Barrios was on the mound. Yeah. The pressure was there. Homestand Friday, dome's been open. It's just beautiful in the city and you got Jose Barrios on the mound waiting for a bounce back game. Story of the weekend is pitching for two good and one bad reason and Jose Barrios came out and showed us that is the Jose Barrios that we want to see moving forward. The building blocks are continuing to get there. Um, they broke, broke, break the Rays streak burritos on the mound confidence guy starts out with a really positive first inning, like three up, three down. I think he had two K's and the guy just builds on it. And that's what you want to see. I was really encouraged by Friday night's game. And then Saturday's game got even better with Kikuchi on the mound and Kikuchi's stealing hearts when he's feeling it. He is fun to watch. He's got the fist pumps going. He's high fiving himself. The guys out in the outfield are pointing at him like, Man, you watch those two have their little, like, bounce-back games, and you feel so confident about where this Blue Jays roster can go. And then, mm-hmm. to wrap then. things up, I mean, we talked about it last week when Alec Benoa had his home opener start. 
And I talked about the big moment and how he had failed to deliver in three of the last three games that he played in, the three big moments. And then here we go, Sunday. Another big moment. Another big moment. You got your two aces on the mound and the awful, awful first inning. Just kind of derailed once again his performance and I think it's really time to have some uncomfortable conversations about Alec Manoa and I'm not saying that we need to send him down to AAA or move him around the rotation but I think the credit that we've been given to the guys being like a fighter and a and a bulldog out there like we're seeing a lack of confidence and a lack of command and he's certainly fighting something so not saying that we need to you know tear Manoa apart but we definitely need to try to understand like what is going on because he is a guy that has what he needs to be an ace for this team but we haven't seen it to start this season and it's not a small enough sample size now that it's like oh he's still ramping up right you had most of spring training now you've had a couple starts and we're not seeing the level of Alec Manoa that we need if it's Blue Jays team wants to be World Series contenders yeah if you take away a weapon from Alec Manoa all of a sudden he's exceed like he's a fierce competitor a intimidating presence but all of a sudden if you take that weapon away if you take one of his weapons away he is highly highly vulnerable and susceptible to being hit around and we've seen this throughout the vast majority of the season that's the first start that he has where the blue jays have lost and it came at a poor time against the tampa bay rays like an opportunity i i think they could have made the single biggest statement with a series MLB wide mm. had they swept the Rays oh, given time. the way the Rays came in. And that's a little anecdotal because I don't know exactly what's happening with every series around Major League Baseball, of course. But if a team is going on for a MLB record to start a season in terms of wins and you just flat out sweep them with the bottom end of your rotation plus your starter mm-hmm. going head to head against their best. That would have been an unbelievable statement for the Blue Jays to make, and it was still a very successful series. However, Alec Manoa could not finish the job. And I think it's as simple as, okay, you you lost something within your arsenal, and that thing, that thing that you had last season, which completed your arsenal and was the extent of your weapons, if you lose that one weapon, all of a sudden it makes life so much easier on the opposition because Manoa can't be that same guy because he's lost one of his weapons. It's kind of, it's not like the same thing would happen if you're Kevin Gosman, but if Kevin Gosman doesn't have one pitch working, he can lean on one of his other plus weapons to get that done. There's nothing that's screams plus for Mm. Alec Manoa. He has to use all of his weapons to the best extent and pitch. And when one of those weapons isn't there and he can't fool anyone, they can just wait and wait on what they want and they can punish Alec Manoa. And that's exactly what we saw. The tough first inning, the review costing him and making things really, really mm-hmm. difficult, whether it's the fourth or fifth inning. Uh, Manoa continues to lack the polish that he had at times last year. And without that polish, he can't pitch. He can't work his way through starts because he's missing one of his weapons. And he's like, yeah, if you're, you're without ammo on the war ground, you're in trouble. And that's kind of where Alec Manoa is right now, where he's just missing something and he can't overcome what he's lost, whatever that is. I mean, it's not uncharacteristic for, I think it was Garrett Cole, so had a tough start to his season last year, and he ends up being a pretty damn good pitcher. See what he's doing already. Different to start track record, though. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. We often compare those two, though, right? Mm-hmm. Or he often compares himself. These guys go head-to-head. Hey, when's Alec Manoa's next start? This weekend at Yankee Stadium. So if you want to give him another big opportunity, you want to give him another big moment to prove that this isn't too big for him, 
Nothing bigger than going to New York, pitching against a team that he loves coming into where he also jaws it with the other guys. Hey, come past the Audi sign. Him and Garrett Cole going head-to-head. He's got a lot of quotes. Like, Alec Manoa is a walking quote machine about how big he sees these moments and how he grasps them and nothing phases him. Well, it, it has. Like, I mean, whether it's phasing him or he's just not performing, I don't know how you can kind of separate those at times. Your next start is another massive, massive game. So... I mean, well, I think it's coming at the perfect time, honestly. What's going to get Alec Manoa's attention? I think it started at Yankee Stadium is going to get Alec Manoa's attention. Was the home opener and the season opener not enough? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. I mean, again, it's hard to separate these things. But how big how big were these starts? Was like he totally fired up for the the you know, the first game at home versus I think it was the Detroit Tigers. Like is how do you separate? How do you compare that from the opener? How do you compare that to a chance to sweep up away the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Like, is that, big is that even a factor, though? Does the moment even matter? Or have you lost something mechanically where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm ready for this moment, but I just don't have it. And I think if it's I just don't have it right now, which I think it is. I mean, the way that, that the opposition uh, and opposing lineups are just like not even flinching at the slider, like that's that tells you something. That it's what he's throwing is not working. I don't think it's, yeah, he's so juiced up that he that he can't hit the strike zone or whatever. I think he's got something wrong with his delivery mechanics, whatever it is. Something is not working from his arsenal. Mm-hmm. But if something's going to get his attention in terms of we have to figure this out and we've got to get going and maybe the adrenaline helps him, but I think what will get his attention more than anything is I'm going to Yankee Stadium and do I want to pitch the way I have the last four outings at Yankee Stadium this weekend. Uh, I think it's good that it's hap- that this is coming up because I think it's going to get his attention. And if it is just another big spot and the, and the, the stage is what's frightening him, uh, which I do not think is the case, then maybe we're going to get a, a repeat of the first four starts that we've had here from, from Manoa. But I think him going back into that highly pressured situation might be a good thing where it gets the best out of him. But again, that remains to be seen, but... He's not going to want to have another one of these starts <laughs> at Yankee Stadium with Garrett especially, Cole yeah, cackling especially in the, with in the those opposing guys. dugout. Yeah. And the way that he's talked to talk a lot against the Yankees, it's time to really deliver and walk the walk. And he's got that opportunity. And you mentioned it's a big spot. And hopefully he's got his attention. And all of these opportunities he's been put in have been big spots in, in my mind. And maybe it's just because I, I think there's a lot that goes into selecting who's going to be the start of your season and your rotation. And we talked about it. Maybe it should have been Kevin Gosman. In hindsight, it was a mistake. Yeah. So rewrite that and say it wasn't a mistake. I can deliver in these big moments because it hasn't been shown to have happened since the playoffs and now to start the season. So I will say I think the most more important thing of the two is like I'm going to get the bite back on my slider. Like mm-hmm. I need to pitch better. I, I don't think anything I, – I really don't think that he was phased by the Tampa Bay Rays on a Sunday afternoon at Rogers Center. I don't think that's like a part of it. I think he has lost something with his delivery, with his pitching sequence, with his arsenal, and he and Pete Walker have got to get in the lab and get it back. I think it's a bit bo- a bit of both, but certainly more. The pitches are just not and 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 there. And the mental aspect again, I don't think it's as much as oh, it's Sunday afternoon. It's I have been poor all season mm-hmm. long, and what is happening well, it to me? To build. That's the mental thing. Exactly. It's like what am I doing wrong? I cannot find it, and that's the thing that that builds and builds and builds. And we've seen it with Barrios. We've mm-hmm. seen it with Kikuchi. Like, this is not a new story. It happens. And when are you going to get it back? And how are you going to get it back? That is priority one for Alec Manoa. So two bright spots. We're 
Friday and Saturday, pitching looked great. Huge opportunities for those guys to kind of scratch off the start of the season. Manoa will have that next time he's out. So let's keep building on that. Uh, Bo had an incredible weekend as well. Went five for five on Friday night with five hits. Um, I think it was, yeah, he came the first Blue Jay, the fastest Blue Jay, sorry, to reach 500 career hits. Pretty impressive. He's had a great start to the season. There's a lot of positives in terms of the offense with him. Um, But yeah, the Blue Jays win the series, but don't get the sweep against the Rays. You put it best. It could have been a big statement weekend. I still think it... It is, but not as nice with the cherry on top to win three in a row. Yeah, it could have been glorious. Mm. It could have been everything. And instead, it's just a really good weekend for the Blue Jays. So they're back in action. Uh, um, they're on the road against the Houston Astros for the next three games. Um, they, those games start at eight, just a reminder, because they're in Houston. So three games in a row. Um, Kevin Gosman on the mound tonight, and then most see Chris Bassett and Jose Barrios to wrap up the series. Then the Jays are are back in New York for the weekend. They're not back home until the following week. So, and Looney Dogs will be that week. Tough little stretch. Rays, Astros, Yankees. And the the Yankees have certainly earned a lot of respect around the league. They have a pretty great start. They had 10 games on the road, then came home against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are the hottest team in baseball, won the series against them. They've got a lot of eyes on them, and they deserve it because they've, you know, they've been proving themselves early on in the season. So, We'll tee all that up. Uh, that's tonight, 8 p.m. on Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and streaming on sportsnet.ca slash 590 and the Sportsnet app. Three-game series against the Houston Astros with Kevin Gosman on the mound. Blue Jays are 10-6. and six. Astros are 7-9. and nine. Yeah, tough start for Houston. They're so washed. They'll be, they'll be hungry. <laughs> are they washed? <laughs> Uh, not lightning washed. Anyway, so. Don't tempt the gods. Don't do it. All right, let's move on to NHL because time to drop the puck on the postseason now leaves don't play till tomorrow but there are some little leafs nuggets to get through um our guy toronto's guy the city's guy matthew nice has now brought his bags into the city for the long haul <laughs> yeah and he does not have a home so captain john Tavares has taken him in under his wing given him his guest room and said i got you buddy Come on in. You're going to stay with me. You're going to ride out this postseason just like a billet family. Yeah, just like a billet family. I mean, this is the this is the the headline that gets Leaf fans excited for the oh, postseason. Oh, my God. Like, what a captain we have. John Tavares, <laughs> what a leader. He's putting up Matthew Nyes. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little cynical, but I'm, like, not, like, overly enthusiastic about it. Like, uh, other people seem to be like, yeah, okay, that's that's cool. He's got a nice house in Toronto, and he's probably got a beautiful basement with a beautiful bed, and Matthew Nyes will be very, very comfortable. I, I feel like it's is it? It's not easy to be the NHL captain, but it's easy to play the PR game, right? Like, really, hand up. Oh, oh you're sure. going the content play route. It's content play. It's, yeah, if I'm John Tavares, sure, I can, I can a little goodwill. A little. Does John Tavares even have social media? No, he's a guy that never logged onto an app in his life. I'm sure it's out of the goodness of his heart, mostly. But also, are are there things that I can do to prove that I'm a great captain? Yeah, I think that's one of them. No, I think it's great though. If if we heard that Matthew Nyes was staying with William Nylander, or we do the exact same thing. What a what a teammate he's, William Nylander is. What a guy! You know, it's unexpected that he would do it, and he's not you know the the, the big leader on the team, but. He sees the value of bringing in a young guy. But yeah, it's, you're captain of the Maple Leafs. There's a kid coming out of college that doesn't have a place to stay. You're going to put him in a hotel? No, you're going to bring him in and help acclimate him to the team. And, 
you know, Tavares has some kids and it'd be cute and oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, they'll be best friends with Matthew Nyes and we'll have that story five years. I love where it. It's sweet. Tavares' kids are good buddies with Nyes and you can do the Patrick Marlowe thing all over again. Oh, boy. I'm just saying, like, it's uh, whatever. We got a clip on Matthew Nyes talking about Tavares and how the team has made him feel welcome since he came back from his NCAA season and joined the squad. Yeah, I mean, I was I was excited. You know, I didn't really want to be stuck in a hotel, um, kind of in my own little bubble there. So I, I'm, I'm happy that he, you know, kind of opened up and um, welcomed me. And um, yeah, so I've enjoyed it. It's, it's it's definitely made me feel a lot more comfortable in Toronto. And um, again, like I'm super fortunate that he did that. You know, I think there's um, a lot of guys in here that that were. Uh, that were uh, kind of open to it. You know, they were uh, asking about it too, but John was the first one to do it. And, um, you know, I think it's it's, it's awesome that they bring in someone um, younger and just uh, bring them a part of the team. It makes me feel, you know, um, way more welcomed, way more part of the family. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's awesome to have them around. I, I guess we kind of buried the most important nice mm. tidbit. You don't think pre- his... his- Accommodations. His, his lodging is probably less important than the fact that he appears to be not in the mm-hmm. game one lineup for Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you have any issue with nope. that? I think that's the way it should go. He was seen practicing in a gray jersey on the yesterday's skate. I believe Wayne Simmons also had gray jersey on, kind of doing some extras work. And that's how it works when you're looking at the playoff um, roster. The on a lines. different pad. That's kind of like, kind of sucks when you're, you're booted to the, the other pad. Like, there's not that many Leafs skating. It's not like mm. training camp where there's mm-hmm. two two pads full of skaters. It's like, nah, Matthew Nyes and Wayne Simmons are going to go hang out by themselves on the Marley's pad today. Yeah, but I think that even though he got better with the three-game sample size that we saw last week when, you know, night one he had barely even seen the players on his team and he was thrown in the, the lineup whether he was supposed to or not. Then he plays on a back-to-back and then he gets an opportunity to wrap up his regular season career, which was three games. I still think that it'll be a trial and error and just kind of see how the first couple games go, then see if there's a spot for him. And I think it's best not to rush, but also to have him ready. And, you know, maybe we see him game two or three. And I'm completely okay with Matthew Nyes coming in if need be. But And we're going to go through this tomorrow. Uh, We're going to do, you know, keys uh, to the series and what Mm -hmm. we need to see from the Leafs and what we maybe don't want to see from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll, we'll break that down in full. But as I'm rewatching last year's series, I can't believe how much change there was from game to game. I think they have to be just firm with what they have. And what they have this year and what they built through the trade deadline and what they had before is a very, very good roster and balanced roster on paper. And there's no need to galaxy brain every single situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little disappointed if we see one lineup in game one, a change even if they win, more changes if they lose. Like, it, it mm-hmm. got a little out of control in the first three well, games of the series. we've kind of seen that over the last two weeks. And we were saying that that was a reason why, because, hey, you had Ryan O'Reilly come back in the lineup. You had Matthew Nyes in the last three games. There was a couple injuries, in, and there was obviously a lot of um, load management. All of those reasons aside, I hope we got it out of the system, because I agree. It needs to have some yeah. stability, and you're not building chemistry anymore. You Trust are building you a championship pathway. So you need to try. You're right. You need to trust. Yes. Unless something just outrageous happens where there's just a line that is a disaster. Exactly. But that, that I think you need more than one game to prove that Alex Mm -hmm. Kerfoot last year went from the first line in game one, second line in game two, third line in game three. I'm like, like there's gotta be a little bit more consistency. And I think that was the product of what they had. They were short. They weren't as good as they were last year or they weren't as good last year as they are this year. They have achieved that balance, and they deserve stability. I think the lineup, we'll see what happens. And it doesn't mean, no, Nyes can't get in. But I think it has to be good reason rather than just like, 
you know, willy-nilly, we feel like this thing didn't work that great, so let's change everything. No, it can't, it can't operate that way. Stability, I think, is key. And I think they've bolstered their lineup, and they deserve that opportunity because they've got a lot more real NHL-level competitors in this. Their bottom six are stronger. Like I feel like there's a few weak points that you're going to have to tinker with, and obviously this could age poorly. But I feel a lot more confident with this Maple Leafs roster going into tomorrow night than last last year with the comparison but we'll get we'll, we'll continue to go through all this later in the show we'll do our tarot card readings at 7 30 we'll do some bracket challenge but uh one thing before we take a break two people texted in about remembering that Sidney crosby roomed with mario when he started his mm-hmm. i don't think he, i don't think he ever left the basement did he i think he still lives there are we putting Nyes and crosby on the same with level lemieux. are we putting Tavares and lemieux on the same level so I mean, I think Maybe it's great, but like, there. it's just like to, to get a positive headline written about you is not the hardest thing in the world if you're a Maple Leafs captain. We'll just say that. Nye's the new Crosby. We shall see. <laughs> okay. All right. So we teed it up. We're going to do our tarot card readings in the A-list. Now we will let the fates decide when we pull a card. We'll tee it all up if you've never done tarot before from Amazon.ca. Don't devalue it. No, I mean, I didn't go to a specific, I don't know, like, wizarding, wizarding shop in the city to get these. But anyway, it was fun. Last time was right, though. We did this before the the um, trade di- deadline for the Raptors, and it was, like, a bit spooky. It was. It, it seemed bang on. Again, I don't know. We We haven't, like, reflected on what they said, but in the moment, it felt particularly on the nose so that's next we'll do our maple leafs playoff tarot reading in the a-list sportsnet 590 the fan okay so we've been Waiting for the right time to use the tarot cards to assess the state of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we thought, you know what, we could do a pre-deadline, but we know that the last five, six months has really not meant anything. We've known this since day one of training camp. We've known that the playoffs is all that matters, honestly, for a couple years now. So we don't want to, you know, waste our time with the clairvoyance, the spirits. You can't overdo it. Yeah, we want to make sure that we're using our time with them wisely. And that's why we've waited for the first Toronto Maple Leafs tarot reading until now. So let's get that underway. I don't know if we have music for this. Do we have music for this? If we have some music, let's hear it. Here it is. Because you got to get the right state of mind, right? Might mental state for this. So there's a couple things that we want to broach to the spirits. We want to ask about three things. We want to ask about Andre Vasilevsky. We want to ask about whether the core four is ready for this challenge. And, of course, the future and what this postseason means for one Kyle Dubas. Let's start with Vaskolovsky, shall we? So it's been... And this is one thing that could give Lee fans a lot of positivity and confidence heading into this. It's been his worst season as a full-time starter, albeit slightly. He's slipped into a range where he's performing at, you know, top ten level as opposed to challenging for the Vesna Trophy, which he seems to be doing perennially. He's been on par, really, with Ilya Samsonov. So the question is, or the question demands, whether or not we should still be scared of this elite 
NHL goaltender. Ailish, you will pull the card. What are we what are we asking the spirits exactly here? I have the tarot cards in my hand. I've been connecting with them throughout the last hour. The question is whether Andre Vasilevsky is still the boogeyman or not. I will split the deck and pull a card. Very deliberate. The six of clubs, Justin. Six of clubs. Okay, the and first question. And it is question... upside down because this is important for tarot card mm. readings. So otherwise, six of clubs, otherwise known as the six of cups, and we are reversed. Stuck in the past, moving forward, leaving home, independence. The six of cups symbolize the joy of nostalgia. Oh the comfort God. of home and childhood innocence. In this card itself, there are six cups filled with white flowers. Two children are depicted in the foreground, and one is passing a cup to the other. One can imagine it gives them a sense of security and comfort. The first thing you said was stuck in the past. That was the past of a prolific Andre Vasilevsky. Is he stuck over the last three playoff runs? Are they won two cups? Are we looking at the old version of the boogeyman of Andre Vasilevsky? That's how I read this card. It can stand for you wanting to return to a happier time. I'll, <laughs> Before I'll be Andre on- Vasilevsky was in the lead. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm having trouble deciphering this one. Are we getting the Andre Vasilevsky that has been dominant? Or are we longing, and are the Tampa Bay Lightning longing for the Andre Vasilevsky of the past? All we know is that Wait, does the upside down part factor into what you read? Because it usually does mean the something different. Down, the first thing it says is stuck in the past. If I think it's, that's positive for If it's sense. stuck in the past, I think, yeah, I think what we should get from it. And again, I hope the next two are clearer. Because if, well, it's, just more, clear to me. if it's just more questions. But if the lightning are stuck in the past, it would point to them not having... The same sort of outlook. I think that's right. <laughs> Maybe Andre Vasilevsky is washed. Thank Mel- you, clairvoyant. <laughs> Melissa just texted in, passing one cup to another, Tampa passing the cup oh, to Toronto. how do we miss that? There you go. Shows the passing of traditions and happy reunions. Those traditions, Stanley Cup traditions for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh my God, Lee's going to win the cup. Are they in the past? <laughs> All right, let's do the next one. Okay, so so when it comes to the Maple Leafs, and they can control what they can control. And what they can control, even if it's the past Andre Vasilevsky, Mm -hmm. is that they're good enough to beat a Tampa Bay Lightning team with Andre Vasilevsky playing at a high level. Each member of the core four has not posted a personal best this season. But this might be the best collective performance from the four in their time together in Toronto with William Nylander and Mitch Marner specifically raising their levels. So will the stars overcome the scars? Oh, Wow, what a headline. All right, tarot cards, I have them in my hands. The question is, related to the core four specifically, has past failure adequately prepared the Maple Leafs for this challenge? I will split the deck. I will select a card. The five of hearts. Five of hearts. Also the five of cups. I believe it is properly upwards. It's upright. upright. Well, this one is not as positive. Oh, no. Loss, grief, disappointment, sadness, mourning, discontent, the feeling of, of being those words? let down. 
Justin! There are certain tarot cards whose imagery immediately conjure up negative emotions, and the Five of Cups carries such weight. This is a card which signifies loss as well as the painful challenges which stem from that particular loss. This is horrible. The card depicts a figure that is wearing a black cloak. The person hides his face in what seems to be despair. There are five cups on the ground, three of which have fallen, while the other two remain standing. The person, however, seemed to notice there are two standing cups as is too busy mourning over those which are fallen. There is a powerful river which flows between him and a house or a castle in the distance, indicating that a torrent of emotions have separated him from home. This is, this is bad. Can we, re, can we pull a different one? Justin, read that first sentence again. The five of cups symbolizes disappointment and the feelings that come when things go differently as you expected. You are feeling unhappy that a certain situation hasn't really turned out the way you have hoped it would. Oh my God, let's burn The five this of deck. cups is as... Bad of a card as I think is in this deck, okay? <laughs> yeah, that is not, not the that one. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Instead of moving towards a more positive perspective, this card seems to say that you are dwelling in the past. Oh my God, enough. Inducing feelings of self-pity and regret. It, gets, is, it does get it worse gets here. Wor- Stop reading. Should we move on to yes, the third question? Yes, I don't even want to break that one down because I'm pretty sure that it couldn't have got much worse. Okay, let's move on, please. Okay, we have to ask about Kyle Dubas. We're going to ask Frank about Kyle Dubas, who is a clairvoyant himself oh in the God, next block. that was terrible. But Kyle Dubas has put together the best roster of his career on paper in a season where his job was seemingly on the line. Will he be rewarded? Does he want to be rewarded? Will this postseason provide triumph or misery to the Maple Leafs general manager? Well, by the way that last card went, <laughs> I feel like... Let's I'm... hope there's conflicting information here. Although maybe, oh, well, we asked Frank. Okay. Maybe a loss isn't the worst thing for Kyle. Okay. I have the deck in my hands. The question is, what does this postseason mean for Kyle Dubas? We'll split the deck. Ten of spades, and it is upright, Justin. Ten of spades, or the ten of swords in other tarot. You said upright? Upright. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Stop it. Upright keywords for the ten of swords. Ruin, failure, bitterness, collapse, exhaustion, dead end, victimization, betrayal. Oh, my God. Another one of the most striking and ominous cards in the deck, the Ten of Swords shows a man lying flat on the ground with his face facing the dirt. He is covered with a red cloth from the chest down to his legs. Ten long swords are stabbed into his back. He may not have seen the end coming. This is a terrible stillness in the air. The sky above him is black and cloudy, indicating the fear and negativity negativity associated with death. Oh, my goodness. No, God, please, no, no. The waters in front of him are still with no ripples, adding to the eerie stillness and finality of this card. Looking into the horizon in the east, the sun is rising, and the weather seems very calm despite the darkness. The Ten of Storms seems to intimate that this is the lowest point of one's life, (laughs) and it cannot get worse than this, at least even in this state. The sun does rise. Ooh, that's an interesting little tidbit at the end. Justin, (laughs) I'm actually laughing so hard. That I'm crying. This is terrible. Did you say there were swords in his back? And his face was down. He's dying. The Ten of Swords indicate a major disaster of some sort. The lowest point in one's life. I think that last part is interesting, though. the sunrise one. At least even even in this state, the sun is rising. Does the sun (sighs) rise in Pittsburgh? Every day it does. Man, I don't know. 
if this could have went worse. This is a real referendum Honestly, on the cards. The people Can we break the- out of our state and just talk for a second? I can't ever break out. I am one with the tarot cards now. <laughs> okay, so... I feel sick. Thanks you know, for that. Andre Vasilevsky... Still up in the air, whether it's the past well, or... Well, clearly, when you listen now with the, the last two cards, yeah, he's going to be the, the best card. player in the series. He's going to win the con Smythe. So, so stuck in the past meaning, yeah, I'm the best oh goaltender on the planet. Okay. We were kind of spinning that one the way we wanted to. Uh, but, yeah. Some some real negativity when it comes to the Leafs and Kyle Dubas, at least in the spirit world. Thankfully, God. the game isn't played in the spirits or on a spreadsheet. Maple Leafs and Lightning will decide it themselves. I right? think we just we ruined hope. a lot of people's mornings. The text line is going through it. Oh, wow. That was a huge bummer. Ben in Oro. Scott in Beamsville. This tarot reading has hurt my soul. This is the greatest thing ever. LOL. Scott, Bruins fan. Get out of here. <laughs> Burn the deck, <laughs> the Steve. Fans, the Bruins fans like that exercise, eh? Burn the deck, Steve. Whew. Sounds like a master's broadcast with the music and the whisper talking. And then my uh, my friend MJ says... This is literally hilarious. Currently putting $100 on Tampa to win. All right. Okay, so uh, a lot to consider. A lot more to consider now. Goodness gracious. Let's go to break. It didn't go particularly well. I need to go walk this off. <laughs> Let's see if Frank believes in anything that we just did. Maybe it's opposite day. Is it April 1st? Oh, it's not. That would have been nice. It is April. Okay, well... Sorry, everyone. Let's take a break. Frank Saravelli on the other side. Let's talk about that answer specifically to Kyle Dubas and what this postseason means because he's got some tidbits on the Dubas-Shanahan relationship. That's next.